0: And this show, much like the postseason, is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Make a moment that will last a lifetime. Get the Vivid Seats app and use the promo code POSTSEASON to get a $100 credit on your purchases. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Sorry we missed you yesterday. Just, um, Just a lot going on there. A lot going on today, too. I've been busier than I thought and was kind of hoping for the postseason. So coming at you today, we're going to talk about some of the things that have been said in the exit interviews. Uh, uh, Much of the front office has been out and about and talking about what they're going to do and what they're going to do for the team. So we're going to talk about that. Then tomorrow we're going to come at you with a double episode. We're going to be looking at how the Blue Jays stack up right now for 2020 and maybe look at how they are going to make some of those moves to put themselves in a better position to contend next season as opposed to, well, a 95 loss season that everyone endured this year. So, gonna talk about, um, actually, we're gonna start with Vlad. We're gonna start with Vlad and then we'll move into the the off-season stuff. But there are a couple things that I wanted to talk to y'all about Vlad First of all, the Blue Jays have not been shy in saying that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to work on his conditioning, and they've been talking about that, and, I mean, it's it's kind of obvious. I mean, the way Vlad Jr.'s health has been in question a little bit, like just, you know, issues with the knees already and Anyone who's followed baseball for a bit and you know what happened to like Prince Fielder and these guys who carry a little extra weight and then try to have long careers, it just doesn't really work. So it it makes sense that the Blue Jays are worried about, you know, their, their potential superstar investment and want him to be in better shape. Thing is, you don't really want to change what makes Vlad Jr. good, and that's, you know, probably the bulk that allows him to get the power that he does behind these swings, and I base that on no sports science whatsoever, but it can't hurt to, you know, at least get to the point where, where he's at a better position to maintain that health, and he won't need these off days or these maintenance days or anything like that, because if he's going to keep playing third base, which if Lee Jays are adamant that he is going to be their third baseman next season, then he has to be able to go out there and do that on a regular basis, because if he's out of the lineup, that takes a big chunk of the offense. It takes adequate defense out. I mean, You can put Richard Urania out there, but you're not going to get home runs out of him. So it will be up to Vlad Jr. to see how much he actually takes this to heart, how much he actually uses the resources that the Blue Jays do have in being able to obtain that goal and maybe play a little easier than he did coming into his first MLB season. And... I expect him to do that with the Blue Jays because that the other thing I saw with regards to Vladdy was a segment on Sportsnet that asked if they would consider trading Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for Mookie Betts. And with all the things that are going on at this time of year, Sportsnet, really, that's the freaking question you came up with. Like, it makes no sense on any level. Like. First of all. Mookie Betts is heading into the final year of his contract, and there is absolutely no way he's going to extend in Toronto. He's going to hit the market, and he's going to try and get whatever he can. So, just the sheer volume of control that's being given up by making a deal like that, that's strike one against the deal. Strike two... Boston already has a third baseman, a young third baseman, and a dang good third baseman, as Blue Jays fans got very familiar with during the course of the season in Rafael Devers. And if you're trading for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just to put him at first base or put him at DH, that limits the Red Sox in ways where they're already limited. Because, like, J.D. Martinez isn't going anywhere. He's going to cash in on that option and get that three-year deal. At like $30 million. So he's going to be your DH. So does that mean you're expecting Vladdy to play first base? Take out Mitch Moreland? It's not going to work very well. He's going to be learning an entirely different position. With no help whatsoever. So there's strike two. And strike three. It's clear that the Blue Jays think they have their core in place. And we'll talk about that a little more after the break. But... It's clear they think they have their core. They, they like what they saw from Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Lourdes Guriel and Vladdy. And think that they can start accelerating this process a little bit. To try and deal that and, and go for a guy like Mookie Betts takes a window that is just starting to become wide open and makes it much more narrow to try and thread a needle through and it just makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I don't know how much more loudly I can say it to Blue Jays fans or, or producers or anyone out there. Mookie Betts is not an option for Toronto. Garrett Cole is not an option for Toronto. Get these ideas out of your head. Stop misleading the fan base. Stop putting these pie-in-the-sky dreams in there when they are not going to happen. Let them build the club organically and stop with this John Tavares-esque desire, this Kawhi-esque desire to have that instant fix. Baseball doesn't work like that. The Houston Astros had to lose over 300 games in three seasons to get a farm system to the point where they can churn out consistent World Series contending teams, Baseball does not offer that quick fix, so stop trying to find it at the risk of damaging this team for the future. (sighs) I shouldn't have had that piece, tea; It's working me up. Anyway, we will talk about what the Blue Jays should be doing in the offseason. But first, as we go to a break, which this break is sponsored by Bombas... Do something incredible for your feet. Get yourself some Bombas. They they are like, you know, tr- World series trophies for your Tootsies. And with every pair purchased, the pair is donated. So go to Bombas.com slash locked to get 20% off your first purchase with them. And just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that's going to last a lifetime with Vivid Seats. It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that are going to last a lifetime. You know, like hitting that first home run in slow pitch or getting yourself a zombie bobblehead. Those kind of memories. Uh, Vivid Seeds helps fans find seats to any live event, sports, concerts, theater, and more, all through their Vivid Seats app. They offer great prices. It's very easy to purchase tickets. And there's a loyalty program called Vivid Seeds Rewards that will eventually help you earn back anywhere from 10% to 16% credit on your purchases. So go to the App Store or Google Play, whatever phone you got, doesn't matter. You can download the Vivid Seeds app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the rewards program and will get credits on all their purchases as part of that rewards program, and they can be sure they're going to get those tickets because their orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Download the Vivid Seeds app, get it on your phone, get the tickets to your event, enter that promo code POSTSEASON at checkout, you're going to receive a discount of $100 in addition to the rewards. So... Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and get the Vivid Seeds app so you can get to your favorite live event and make those memories, y'all. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So... I told you we were going to talk about the other news come from the Blue Jays' media blitz this week. And that is that Ross Atkins has been very adamant that the Blue Jays are going to be spenders in the offseason, primarily when it comes to pitching. And, I mean, this is great to hear because everyone could see from a mile away that the Blue Jays' problem was their pitching staff when they're relying on guys like, you know... Um, Sam Gaviglio and Elvis Luciano and Zach Godley and Ryan Fariband and, and you can basically pull a name out of the hat of the 40 some odd pitchers that appeared for the Blue Jays this season and see like this is why they need to spend money. Now, as I already stated before, get Garrett Cole out of your heads because that is not going to happen. Garrett Cole is going to get a insanely stupid contract. Like, it could be seven years, $210 million. Easy. Probably even more than that. And you might think that's dangerous for a pitcher, but if you want a guy who has a 300 strikeout season under his belt, that's what you're going to pay for him. So what does that leave the Blue Jays doing? Well, it's not—it's probable they're not going to spend on the bullpen. That has never been the Blue Jays' M.O., and it's worked out for them very well. They've been able to pull guys like Tyler Clippard, Sung o Oh, John Axford, Daniel Hudson, David Phelps. All these guys have come on cheap one-year deals, and that's probably what they're going to do again. Uh, I—, I just quickly looking at who's available, they could go after a guy like Araldis Vizcaino, who's coming off an injury. He's right in their wee house, as we saw with David Phelps, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, and if they do end up dealing Ken Giles to get more prospect capital, Vizcaino is a guy who does have closing experience, so he could step in and fill that role. Um, other than that, uh, there are guys like old friend Joe Smith. There are guys like uh Steve Seashek from the Cubs. Uh Brandon Kinsler. Will Smith's gonna be a free agent. That might be an interesting signing if they get him locked down. He had a 276 ERA this season for San Francisco. Um and and just basically doing that to fill their bullpen. So that's probably not where the bulk of money is going to be spent. If that money is going to be spent. It's going to be spent on getting Pitchers who can actually last six innings in a game and potentially go seven innings, which would be really nice. But no, it's not going to be Garrett Cole. It's not going to be Steven Strasburg. It's not going to be Hyunjin Ryu. These guys are going to be well out of the price range for a team that's not ready to compete yet. Instead, if you're going to be looking for guys who the Blue Jays are going to target Guys like Zach Wheeler might actually be the high-end. Wheeler fell just short of pitching 200 innings. So that kind of durability will be attractive. And he's only 30. So that might work out better. Or, again, if the Blue Jays don't want to spend that much right now, which who knows what's going on there, they can turn to guys like Kyle Gibson, who won 13 games for Minnesota but has been kind of mediocre. As a starting pitcher, guys like Michael Waka who are coming off down years and might take one year, two year, prove it contract deals, to get out there and and get back into the swing of things. Guys like Martín Pérez, who started strong and then fell off the table during the season. Um. Jordan Lyles in Milwaukee who had a really hot second half. These are the kind of guys that the Blue Jays are going to target if they want to fill out those rotation spots. And and let's not forget Matt Shoemaker is probably going to fill one of those spots. I see no reason for the Blue Jays to not tender Shoemaker, especially since, you know, he only made five starts and still finished in the top 12 for for Blue Jays war this year. Which, that's that's just efficiency. But anyway, that's what the Blue Jays are going to be looking for. So again, just get, get the high-profile guys out of your head and focus more on that mid-tier because that's, that's where the Blue Jays are going to be shopping. You know, Corey Kluber might actually be a possibility there. They might give him a one-year deal just to be that veteran guy coming off the injury plague season that he had and his familiarity with... Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, Kluber might be in for one year, 10 million or something like that. That might be exactly the kind of pitcher that the Blue Jays go for. So just want to make sure everyone's got their expectations in the right place. As we bring this episode of Locked On Blue Jays to a close, just a reminder if you're not following me on Twitter, I know I've been pretty quiet this week, aside from the whole changing my name for Halloween, which I I guess I have to do that. I guess that's a thing. So I did it. So um, the Twitter handle is still the same. It's A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya. However you get podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at LockedOnJays. And, yeah, we will be coming at you with that double dose tomorrow. So look for it. If you have any thoughts, feel free to send them to me. Um, we will... Not blast him over the fence like Sean Manaya pitches, because <laughs> that that was brutal. Like four home runs that quick for Tampa Bay. I don't know. They did everything Milwaukee didn't. So, congrats to the Rays. I will be rooting for you to take out the Astros. So, for everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at JaysTurnToCatch dot com. I mean, Jay Andrews, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.